1: Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Each Money Making Conversation talk show is about entrepreneurship and entertainment. I provide the consumer and business owner access to celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It is important to understand that everybody travels a different path to success. That's because your brand is different, the challenges you face in your life are different. So stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. Now, You can be motivated by their success because their stories can offer direction and help you reach your goals through your planning and your committed effort. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to all my listeners about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. With that said, let's get this interview rolling. My next guest, I'm so happy to so, man, it's, when you talk about it, when you bring people into your life or bring people on the show, you say, hey, man, this individual played an important role in why I'm able to talk on this talk on this show and have a concept called Money Making Conversation. My next guest is a well-known executive who has been responsible for 44 radio stations, five of which he owned. Encompassing eighteen U.S. markets, in addition to leading financial transaction valued at over a half billion dollars in radio station and related areas, his work has included business successes with radio news networks like Mutual Black Network, Radio Sheridan Broadcasting Network, American Urban Network, uh, executive radio programs like uh, Tom Joyner Morning Show, The Wendy Williams Experience, The Steve Harvey Morning Show. Formats like The Light and a satellite channel for BET Uptown. He's an author, historian, speaker, and retired broadcaster. His latest book is Whaling Captains of Color America's First Meritocracy, which will be released on June 15th and is available for pre order now. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation. The king, I call him the king, because he's the only reason I ever went up to Martha Vineyards. Skip Finley,
3: <laughs> man, I, I I can't wait for you to come back. I know you won't. Uh, I'm gonna come back, Skip. I'm telling you, Skip. Let, let's talk.
1: You know, it was 2005, everybody. 2005. You know, Steve Harvey and I, we was uh, we was attempting to uh, put together a deal, led by Skip. Uh, to become a morning drive and possibly syndicate with Clear Channel at the time. It was going to be a joint partnership and all this. And so Steve and I we went up to Martha's Vineyard, and it had to be the coldest day of the year <laughs> <laughs> in the summer. It was in the summer. Remember, it was in the summer. Yeah. And Martha yeah, Vineyard. It rained for half the time, y'all. Oh here. my God! It was. It was. It was. A, it was. A, <laughs> a, but it didn't stop us from getting in business, and and that's that's important. What way back then in two thousand five, when you know Steve and I sat down with you guys, and you guys were looking at uh, you know the possibilities of. You know, there's stations in uh, South Carolina, have stations in California, of course, uh, WBLS, the flagship in New York. What did you see in uh, me as a, a manager back then and Steve Harvey as a talent back then, Skip friendly.
3: Well, you know, I first want to get to the punchline. To my knowledge, to this day, that is the only major media deal that was entirely conducted by black people.
4: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
3: We made all the decisions in that you know that short part of that week when we were up here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, I was vice chairman of the company. The president of the company, you know, Peppy Sutton mm-hmm. and I and <laughs> Charles Warfield, the president of the company, you know, mm-hmm. were all there. Mm-hmm. Um, our chairman had the idea that there wasn't anything funny in black radio, right? And that might be a key to success in Morning Drive. We certainly agreed. You know, and got a call of an interest from Rushon you know, how we like to talk to Steve Harvey. Well, we went crazy. We fell out. Right. Of course, realistically, we knew we couldn't afford them, so it was up to me to figure out a way we could pay him. Yes. <laughs> we couldn't do it right then. I was headed out on a vacation. They agreed to come up to Martha's Vineyard. And the first funny story is my wife and I went to pick them up, the whole group up at the airport. Ricky Anderson, the attorney, was with you. Right, right, right. Parents right. was with you. Right, mm-hmm. We get to the airport, and these good-looking, overly well-dressed brothers (laughs) come out (laughs) of the terminal with these tailored three-piece suits on in Martha's Vineyard. I'm totally embarrassed because I'm there in a t-shirt and a pair of shorts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my wife is cute anyway, so it didn't matter what she had on. Right, right. So right, she right. she's driving the little t- the little convertible Mercedes, yes. and I'm driving, you know, my big you know F one fifty pickup truck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then the bags come out, and they have these odd shaped bags. I'm like, you know, what what are these? <laughs> well, those are our hat <laughs> bags. <I'm laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all not gonna Didi Huston Martha's if you do. They're gonna blow away. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, oh my God. So we oh can about went head from there.
5: Um, oh.
3: You know, eight men sat down in a room and decided, you know, we generally liked and respected each other. Yes.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And over the years, we've heard because, you know, since, you know, success of the program, um, you know, most comedians, <clears throat> they want to go and do that, too. What we knew, Steve Harvey had already been. A professional morning drive announcer right. in the two next largest markets in the country, Chicago and Los Angeles, for right. eight years.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Had mm-hmm. all the experience doing right. the announcing mm-hmm. and just happened to be one of the funniest men on the planet. Right, right. And I think a lot of folks don't know Rushan. You too have a history in stand up, right? <laughs> and we like to laugh, so being around a couple of brothers like you guys who <laughs> like to tell jokes was just amazing. Well, you know, you know, and help and help cement the deal. Well, you know, it was great. I always remember that that, that
1: number we put out in the Pippi sudden he he fell out of his chair. I can't play that. I
3: can't play that. I
5: can't
3: play that. <laughs> and I said, wait, wait, wait. Here's what we can do. And I said, I said, Steve. <laughs> We can come up with half the dough. <laughs> <laughs> and with another property, we can do this bonus thing. Well, I've got this idea right. on how to get stations to pay rights fees to do this right, instead right. of just giving us advertising time to go out and sell.
4: Wow. I which remember, was the man. first
3: time the model had ever been used. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I
3: said, I happen to know two guys at two radio networks mm-hmm. who would love to go partner with us and, and distribute you know, this deal once we put it all together. And it all started up there. And and by the way, Mm -hmm. you know, broadcasting the show from New York where you're in the publishing center of the world, you're Mm -hmm. in the television center of the world, you're in the fashion center of the world. Mm -hmm. Imagine, Steve, what you can do just being there. You've Uh got books. You've got movies. You've got fashion. You need to open a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you guys were into health food. Absolutely. Except for you're trying to convince me we had lunch at Michael's that day. <laughs> the dessert was health food. Absolutely. 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 You the people in the restaurant still talk about that. The man came over and said, well, here's the desserts we'd like to have today. Rushan says, man, bring all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I have not now, changed. Now I have on not Instagram changed. Instagram with all these fabulous desserts. I'm like, how does he stay so slim and, trim <laughs> and tight eating like that? Well, you know, Skip, it, it, I wanted
1: people to understand that, you know, when you see me, you, especially when you see Steve, he's an international star now. You know, that, that meeting, like you said, African-American men sitting in a room negotiating, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. figuring it out. And, 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 and then putting us on a station, a, a flagship station. Now, WBLS yep. 107.5, so I still know the numbers. Cause that That's station it? right there, man, we we was there for two years. Cause that was part of the deal. We had to stay up there for two years, yep. and and establish ourselves in the New York market before we moved down to Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. And in doing so, it really it really played out to our advantage because of the fact that Wendy Williams was in the afternoon. So here's a station that had Steve Harvey in the morning, Wendy Williams in the <laughs> afternoon. Can you yep. imagine what was walking through those doors? It was just it was just an amazing amount of. Uh, Star power, amazing amount of uh, energy, and amazing amount of competition. Cause,
3: at, and yeah. access, and and the money was mm-hmm. the money was beyond ridiculous. It was mm-hmm. beyond all of our wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't want people to think that that was easy because it was hard to get to that point. Absolutely, absolutely. It was hard for the two of you to get to the pinnacle of career already before we got to sit down and talk. We feel the same. Yes, Charlie Pepe and I. At that one time in history, we had between the three of us more management experience than any other radio group in the entire country. Absolutely. At a time I think we're like the number twenty first or twenty second largest one. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Now At my the friend. other part I think you know important for folks, you know, not to forget was that everybody showed up early or on time and <laughs> did what they could do. Well you know nobody ever looked over their shoulder. Everybody absolutely went straight ahead. You know, you really guys with you all were the best group of people I've ever worked with in my career. And I'm talking 48 years.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, you know something, Skip, when
1: I look at uh one thing about it, you know, because Skip, way back then, he loved to fish. You know, he's always telling Steve and me, Hey, won't you come fishing <laughs> I with us? Won't you, <laughs> you come fishing with us? We look at him and go, fishing. I don't think I'm gonna go fishing. I said <laughs> But he but he was so I'm just talking to someone I'm cause I'm about to transition to the book. I'm just talking about a guy who all? This was over 2005. Mm-hmm. Way back then, he was always talking. I'm going down to the Bahamas, going down there fishing. You guys gonna come with me? We're going fishing. He shows us the pictures of the boat, and then he shows us the history of all his other previous fishing trips, just to assure us that this is what he did. That don't. Mm-hmm. When you go out there, you're gonna catch some fish, and you're not gonna go out there with a novice. This was Skip. He laid it out. So, 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 fishing and water has always been part of his life. He looks like a fisherman. If you see him, you go, yeah. Yeah, I could believe him. He could play, He could have been that captain in Jaws. He could have been that guy. He could have been. He could have been that guy in Jaws. And okay. so, so, when I when I see this book, you know, you know, it's about whaling, and we all know the important role that whaling played in, in our industry. And you, and you and you and you and you've written a comprehensive account of over fifty sailors of color who rose to captain Captain America's whaling ships. Now, talk to us about the, because I'm gonna tell you something, everybody. I've read this book. The detail and the amount of research that you've done on this book, Skip, is is, is phenomenal as well as fascinating.
3: Well, 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 thank you. I'll tell you a little bit about that. But, uh, you know, being being blessed, you know, genetically and, and being able to have a summer home growing up on Mother's Vineyard during the summers. Right. Vineyard happens to be one of the three whaling centers of the whole wide world. Right. Along the way, when I decided I wanted to be a writer after broadcasting, Um, I was asked to write an article for Martha's Vineyard magazine about William A. Martin, who was what they thought was the black captain here on Martha's Vineyard. Mm -hmm. Well, I started doing research. One thing led to another. One day I said, how in the hell did this guy get to be a captain? This is in like, you know,
5: 1880. Right. Right. Well,
3: Well, because I do, I am ADHD and have a little bit of OCD. One thing led to another. Right. Before I knew it, I bought and read over 100 books on whaling. or pretty much all the books on whaling. Right. Mm -hmm. Started taking notes, and the book came out of it. Um, And I was astounded to find these guys. And the actual number is 52 that I can confirm. There's another dozen. I'm not sure if they were black or I'm not sure if they were captain. I wasn't able to prove it because it's so long ago. Right. But half these men were whaling captains before the Civil War. You know, so this is a one of those hidden figures stories, and, and as I use that expression, hidden figures, I probably should give a shout out to Mrs. Johnson, Catherine Johnson. I understand died today, one hundred years, one hundred and one years old. Wow. Wow. She was the lady in in the movie Hidden Figures about NASA. Mm, right, the one. The, the and the only one think Doctor Christine Taraji Darden in. is the only one who's still alive.
1: See, that was a role played by Taraji P Henson, right? Huh? That was, Taraji P Henson played her
3: role correct, in the movie, right? I think so. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. but in. But, but I, I remember seeing that movie, Count I, driving away from it, and I was like, damn, that happened while we were alive. We were yes, adults. Right, right. How do we not know that story? Right. right. And this is the same story. You know, you're talking about, you know, these guys all together brought back over $70 million worth of whale products.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and whale really wasn't about food. It was about oil. This area, the neck of the woods, Ryan, was pretty much the Middle East. Right. Mm-hmm. Nantucket, New Bedford, Martha's Vineyard. That was the oil. This is the oil that lit our homes, that heated our homes. Street lights. You know, eventually mm-hmm. lit our streets and lubricated the American railroads mm-hmm. and began the Industrial Revolution.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And mm-hmm. I've never heard a mention of it, you know, of these guys before, so I was astounded. And that's essentially what the book is about, you know, and it, wow. was, it was such a difficult activity. About 175,000 people did it over the course of its lifespan, 240 some years. Ninety percent of those people only went once because it was so difficult. Right. Black guys didn't have any place else to go. Wow. Well, hold
1: that thought, so right over there, Skip. And over again. Hold that thought, Skip, because I want to come back in the next break and get in more detail because I want to know. Is I'm gonna just tell everybody about this movie that this. I I want to tell everybody about this book, uh, the detail, the research. Um, wow. That's all I have to say. Skip Finley be right back on Money Making Conversations. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money Making Conversations. Don't touch that dial.
0: It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones.
2: ottter.ai.
1: Hi, this is Roshan McDonald, the host of Money Making Conversations. You say to yourself, "Who calls Roshan Shell?" Please welcome to Money Making Conversations comedian Dion Cole.
4: A lot of people fail to realize when you look in the mirror every morning, you pass the most unique thing in the world. I talk about this in my stand-up. You are unique in every way. you got to look at what's unique in you and then capitalize on it.
0: Money-Making Conversations continues online at www.moneymakingconversations.com.
1: Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald. You're listening to Money-Making Conversations. I'm interviewing uh, Skip Finley, his new book, Wailing Captains of Color, America's First Meritocracy. Um, Skip, tell us about, uh, we were talking about the research, what exactly is a whaley master? Let's talk about that. What exactly, I want to I start breaking hey, down The, word, the t-
3: word master and captain are used interchangeably. Okay. Mm-hmm. Master really, though, is a better word because that man in charge of a whale ship was omnipotent. Okay, you know, when you're on a trip that, that averaged three to four years and they were, you couldn't have problems aboard ship. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know, t- the was the hold on, hold on, skip, skip, the captain skip, was skip. the boss, the you captain say, decided where we are going to go,
1: when we are going to go. Hey, Skip, talk to me. You're, you're telling me that, okay, now, when a whaling ship went out, it didn't just go out and come right back.
3: No, no, no. No. They went out and sailed the world. There's a, there is a, um, a beautiful, beautifully decorated map in the New Bedford Whaling Museum, and it has an uncountable number of dots on it all over the world, red dots and blue dots. You know, standing for the type of whale, a regular whale, right whale, they called it, or sperm whale. You can't count them. Okay? You know, these were the men, these whaling captains, in chasing whales, literally mapped our oceans as identified all of the islands and all of the oceans around the world. Mm-hmm. That's how long these trips took. The longest trip was a little over 11 years. Okay, you know the captains changed several times. The crew same shows times, but the boat from the place it left it came back
1: it took eleven years on okay, okay. average. Okay, hold no. on, skip, skip. Okay, see, you know all this now, guys. Rashawn. Read the book. Now I'm hearing you talk very comfortably about this, but listeners are hearing this for the first time. So right. a boat left the dock. Let's say New Bedford, or New Bedford, okay, in Massachusetts, yep. did not come back for almost eleven years. Yes. Okay. Well, okay. How did they get paid? When did they
3: drop off the oil? What was going on? All right. The boat would leave. <laughs> Most of the time, they'd leave New Bedford up here in New England. They head over towards Cape Verde, okay. which is off the coast of Africa. Along the way, they would hunt for whales. Once they found a whale, they would release. They would drop three or four smaller boats. The men would row out. Six men would row over to that whale well, okay. until they got close enough. <laughs> hold up, hold up, they hold on. hold up. You got off a big boat, a got big in boat. a little bitty boat, and rowed to the big whale. Well. That's right. And, <laughs> and the big boat wasn't that big. The big boat was like 120 feet long, most of them.
5: Oh, my That's goodness. not
3: very big. Okay. That's about six cars lined up end to end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So they get off the little bitty boat,
1: get in these little rowboats. Going up to about the whale, about thirty
3: feet. Okay, these okay. little rowboats, and they're chasing animals that are a hundred feet. You know, or here, 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 here's a here's a football reference for you. Okay, the smallest whale, a dwarf sperm whale, is about three hundred forty pounds. Uh huh. About the size of a defensive tackle.
4: Right, 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 right. A
3: three hundred thousand pound blue whale is about the size of the entire NFL. <laughs> so these men would row a boat over to one of these huge animals, you, you know, 80 to 100 pounds is probably about the size. <laughs> they would row it to it and stab it <laughs> and keep sticking it and stabbing it until it died. Meanwhile, it's pulling them all over. So they might wind up by the time the whale rolls over and dies. They're four miles away from the big boat. Then they have to tow that whale back to the boat, cut up into little tiny pieces put it in the fireplaces, melted down the oil. <laughs> on board, they had the wood in the staves. They would put the uh, barrels hold together. On. Hold up, Skip, Skip. Everybody in the studio going, what? What?
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on. up. See, see, you've done all this research now. I know, I you've know. You've done it's all hard, this research. That's why I'm trying to slow you down. Hold up, brother. See, we got we to gotta take all this in now. Okay, a whale, because I went whale watching, okay? And a whale came close to my boat. I told everybody, turn around, I'm out. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Look here. Everybody, you know, because I was on there with some other tourist <laughs> people. They were mad at me. I said, hey, 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 hey. Y'all can stay <laughs> on here. But they didn't tell me they were this big. Now On TV, they look small. This little boat I'm next to, after, I had all kind of ideas in my head. after I saw how close that whale came to my boat. Now, these people out there going out there making a whale that made me nervous. There was a happy whale. That was a
3: happy right. whale I was running right. away from. They were making a whale that big angry. And you ain't stuck him. That's right. <laughs> And, and chances are the whale you saw was a right whale, so it didn't have teeth. Like a sperm whale. That was, that was a highly valuable one. Their oil was the best because it didn't make smoke when it burned. Oh, okay. So they made let's... candles out of it first. That's how it all started. Okay, okay, okay. And by the way, you know, thankfully, um, <laughs> whale watching is now a bigger business than whale killing ever was.
4: Right, right, right. But let's
1: get back to the whale killing. Cause that's what this yep. book is all about, these these, these African American men. But but let me I, I, let me correct this, men of color. Cause you told yeah. in the book you said this is not about African American men. Cause you have Native American, yeah, Native American mixed it, cultures. I, all I, that was
3: stuff. one thing that struck me immediately. It's like you know, you know, a slave is not American. A West mm-hmm. Indian is not American. A Cape is not American. But they are all black. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can't call them all black because a lot of them were Native Americans. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. who were mixed. You know, with our people, you know, right. and may as well be called black because of what they called, you know, um, you know, one drop makes you pure. Right. Mm-hmm. With you mm-hmm. know, the base, one of the bases of slavery and making their own slaves. Right. You know that that's in the book, but off the subject. Right. No, but that's
1: part of the, that's part of why you wrote this because of the fact that here are men of color who are
3: leading non colored men on a, on a book, and, and they could flog legally flog a white man on a whale ship who they couldn't look in the eye in the streets of South Carolina.
4: Right. hmm mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Now the, and, the, and, 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 and on and on. You know, the, the beauty uh, but, of this... But, but, the, but the point of this, let me... You know, it, it wasn't so difficult killing the whale, capturing the whale, cutting the whale up. Right. But life on a whale ship was awful. It was horrid. Your space was roughly the size of a backseat of an SUV right. for three or four years. People ask, people ask me, you know, well, how did a black man become the captain? You know, well, the answer is when the crew looked around and you're 1,200 miles offshore and the captain just died, fell sick, or became incapacitated, you don't care who it is right. that can catch you, you home. Try to get home.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And we had the experience of all those trips we had taken. We learned how to do it. Right. But the, the beauty of uh, also your
1: storytelling is that, you know, this is about being rewarded. That's where your t- the title of your book comes from. Being re- rewarded for your talent, being rewarded for your skill, and not being held back based on the color of your skin. That's where the title comes from, correct? These
3: men lived Martin Luther King's future dream.
1: Right, right, right. Because I was reading in your book, you says that the well oil was uh, peaked at $2.55 per gallon.
3: Yeah. Back and, uh, then! And there's, there's probably 30, there's about 35 gallons per barrel, and a, good, and a good trip, you're coming back with 1,200 barrels. So it adds up fairly quickly. So basically,
1: so, that was just liquid gold back then.
3: Just liquid that's gold.
1: That's right.
4: Liquid gold. Liquid yeah,
3: gold. Yeah, whaling whaling as, a, as a business enterprise was almost identically the model of venture capital today, or what we call hedge funds and private equity funds.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: That, was what, that was how whaling went when the captain and the crew was incentivized you know, based upon their performance. When you had a group of people all invested into the venture. So, of 15,913 whaling trips, each one was a separate business enterprise. And nobody cared who the captain was if he can bring the, the whale ship home with a full haul. Right, right. As they used to say. And that's really,
1: really important. Now, in this book, yeah. uh, it was one captain in particular that, you, uh, that inspired you to write this book. You mentioned this name earlier William A. Capt- Martin. William A. Martin. Man, you, was, you started but, writing about him, then you discovered everything else, correct? Yes.
3: Yeah. The, um... The Vineyard Magazine had done a, a special issue one time about the whale ship Charles W. Morgan. It's the last surviving whale ship. It was completely restored. Wow. They took it from Mystic, Connecticut, and brought it to New Bedford, brought it to Martin's Vineyard, Boston, and a couple of other places. So, and when it came here to Martha's Vineyard we wanted to in the magazine, you know, you know, really devote some attention to it since, you know, seven or so of its captains were from Martha's Vineyard. One of them did not happen to be Captain Martin, but that's why they asked me to write this piece about him. Right. You know, because you know it was important to black well, you know, when they do it, I found as it turns out there were five black captains on Martha's Vineyard.
4: Right. Right.
3: Okay, mm-hmm. three that sailed from here. Mm-hmm. You know, which mm-hmm. was which was astounding because no one knew this. Mm-hmm. I, I will venture to say that thirty-five to forty of these fifty-two people, most people in the whaling industry and researchers, have not heard their names, or would not have associated them with being black. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is which is a. St- and that—that's you know that—that's kind of exciting. But you know, if I got a little bit of that and kind of nerd historian in me too. Well, the thing about it—you mentioned that about
1: a Martin in the book. You was talking about you know very rarely do they mention his color in the
3: book at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: That's true of most captains. In in the logs, the captain writes the logs so he didn't have to put that information in there. Right. It's when the when the crew gets on board the ship. You know, they had a man, uh, the customs officer, and he would jot down the name, the height, the you know how the people looked, the race, and things like that. You know, on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and it would be attended with the log with the owner say, so you know who was on the boat, and they could compare it with you know when they came back. But if it wasn't for what that was called the sh- um, um, Siemens protection papers, right. I would not have been able to find any of this. Wow. Now, today, you can't even keep that information about mm-hmm. people. Right. Mm-hmm. Which, which is, you know, and, and they, they started the Siemens Protection Papers dating back to the Revolutionary War mm-hmm. when the British, you know, would impress our people. Right. And right. we didn't really have a sailing fleet until the War of 1812 when they continued to impress our people. Right. And the seamens sh- the Protection Papers functioned like a passport. Wow. This is who you are and where you're from? Yeah, the, the story is a, is, a, is astounding, and what I tried to do was was to write it, you know, you know, in in a way that it would be easy to read, easy to comprehend, without you know all of the facts. And you and you accomplished it. You have it accomplished that. It was so hard here. and so bad. I highlighted how hard it was. Right. Right. Which is the reason we went and other people didn't. Right. With the you know the young sixteen year old you know blue eyed blonde haired kid from the town of Eggertown, you know thinking I'm going to go out and make my fortune on this whale boat, mm-hmm. you know by time he had gone two buoys offshore about sixteen miles, he'd spent the last week throwing up.
4: Right. Yeah. Right. I want to go home. Right. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
4: Right. You
1: know I I we was uh, talking about it early I want you, I want you because I was so astounded by you talking about how whales are captured. Walk us through that step again because I want to make sure my audience hears the whole process without me interrupting. They, they spot a whale, right? Yeah, well, they, well here, here's, the,
3: here's the entire sequence. Okay, cool. You you hear, you know, it's it's dead quiet. Boats sailing, you know, in the breeze. Somebody's and the man says, the blows. And everybody jumps up and the adrenaline starts pumping. They go to those three whale boats they lower those boats into the water, six guys in each boat. They row as fast as they can towards where the guy's pointing to see that whale. Mm-hmm. They wait until they see the spout. They get closer and closer and closer. Everybody's quiet. One guy, the harpooner, you know, gets up in front of the boat, and he throws that harpoon into the whale. The record, by the way, which I have in the book, is about 40 feet. 42 In feet. other words, every other whale, you were closer to it. Mm-hmm. In a 30 foot boat. So when your friend says, I got a boat, his boat's probably 30 feet or bigger. <laughs> That's what these six guys are using to row after these, after these whales. Mm-hmm. They stab a stab a stab a sperm whale, you know, all of a sudden when it spouts red, they know the fish is going to die.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Then it rolls over, which is called a flurry. They tie ropes to it and they row that boat and tow that big heavy thing back. So if there were times. If you're four miles away from the main boat, okay, you may be wrong most of the night, not missing a beat. You get back up to the boat, they tie the thing alongside, then they begin the process of butchering it.
1: But you Which also is, have to worry about
3: sharks too, correct? The sharks are, are eating it while they're towing it. They're eating it while it's being butchered. The smells are awful. <laughs> okay, now... <laughs> you know, now then they people came said in- to me, you know, well you know, what? what's the worst part about, besides things, I, what are some of the worst things about? I said, well, there there's two stories that I that I read about whaling. Mm-hmm. Um, one was, the man's in his bunk in the fossil, and he's not that concerned about being completely, completely covered with roaches, because they're eating the bed bugs. <laughs> Another was, they wash their clothes in urine. They have a communal power you know you know fresh water goes bad on a boat, so they drank other things. but how bad did your clothes smell <laughs> <laughs> that that urine was a substitute to clean your clothes for three to four years? this is your experience <laughs> but goodness. if that's your experience, you know versus being on a on a plantation someplace. Yes sir. I don't know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes sir. You, I don't know. I don't know. All I know
1: Skip this is uh I want to thank you for calling my show, man. You are as just as engaging and entertaining as as I've known you all those years. Again, the book is out You can buy it via pre-sale. You can
3: buy it online, Amazon.com.
1: Pre-sale it right now. It comes out officially, what, June 18th? I believe it's the official date. June 15th. June 15th. And and,
3: and please buy it now because it counts towards your first week sales, and I'm trying to get towards at least one of those bestseller lists somewhere. Okay, cool.
1: Well, this is what I want to do. Give me a banner. I'm going to put it on all my social media because I'm telling you, I'm a fan of you. You know that. I'm a fan of this book, a great book, Skip. A book there. He's gonna be a documentary. It's gonna be a movie. It's gonna be many things. And I want to get in line before a lot of people get in line. Start I'm, talking I'm already. About I'm
3: already working on the on the fictional treatment of a slave who becomes a whaling captain. In fact, I'll tell you his name is Jubal.
1: Jubal, my friend. <laughs> we will talk soon. Thank you. But get those banners to me, okay? So I can get you, you on that it, bestseller. I'll post it this weekend. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man.
3: B- back. Bye bye.
2: still living in 2021 and manually taking notes there is a better way start the new year with otter.ai automatically get meeting notes otter.ai works for virtual meetings like zoom microsoft teams and google meet sign up on the web for free or download in the app stores otter.ai that's O-T-T-E-R.ai.
0: sticky notes email alerts a string around your finger they're just not big enough so here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions
5: jackpot is over 300 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player tickets.